speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Epistles from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In today's society, love is often portrayed, yes, love is often portrayed as a positive feeling that comes about when a person's needs and desires are met. For example, Romantic comedies often focus on the pursuit of personal happiness and a pleasure deep within rather than, yes, rather than building a deep emotional or self-sacrificing relationship with another. Furthermore, take a moment to consider all the dating couples that you know. It's all the dating couples that you know. It is not hard to find couples in our society who stay together only because of the benefits that they get from one another in that relationship. Benefits such as financial security from one another, social status perhaps, or sexual gratification. In these, we can call them transactional relationships. Love is conditioned and it is based. It's conditioned and based on the exchange of benefits, what they can get from the other person. Again, our society's view of love often focuses not on what you can give, but what you can get from another person, what the other person could do for you rather than, again, what you can do for them. And so society tells you and me, on the basis of this kind of love, that if someone is not meeting your needs, not meeting your desires, well, well, they don't love you. And if they don't love you, well, you should move on to someone else. Find someone else that can meet your desires and your needs, someone that, quote-unquote, loves you. To make things even worse, our society often views love as an affectionate feeling. Yes, an affectionate feeling. 
a feeling that spontaneously just happens just to pop up out of nowhere without our control. Just boom, there it is. There's love. We see this kind of love in our movies. Indeed, in our movies. We hear it in our music. We read it in our romance books. While feelings and emotions are definitely involved with love, yes, definitely involved with love, while our society, though, gets it all wrong. You see, society, when it talks about love as if it is spontaneous, that it's outside of our control, well, it relieves us of all this idea of love itself. In other words, love is often viewed as something that we cannot control, again, that we cannot control, and that we cannot be held responsible for. So with this kind of spontaneous, affectionate feeling of love, well, we cannot be blamed if it fades away or if it wanders to another person. I can't help it. I'm in love, right? It's spontaneous. It's uncontrollable. It's all over the place. Society also messes up when it focuses so much on love that it ignores the object of love. For example, think of that 16-year-old girl in high school who was in love with the idea of being in love. You all know who I'm talking about. That girl who was in love with the idea of being in love. Who her boyfriend actually was, well, it didn't really matter. The boyfriend was just an accessory. He was a footnote. He was an afterthought. Again, she was in love, but with whom? Well, it did not really matter. What mattered was that she had a force of love that could supposedly conquer all obstacles and make her whole life in high school perfect. She had love. That's what mattered. And so, once we begin to think about society's view of love, we can see it everywhere. We can see it everywhere in its actions, in the way that people approach each other, the way that romantic relationships function in society, even how family dynamics are arranged when we view society's often shallow view of love. Now, why bring all of this up? Well, tragically, I'm fairly convinced that when we hear our reading from the epistle of 1 Corinthians this morning, we actually tune out what the Apostle Paul is saying about love. We have a way of tuning it out. And we impose a societal view of love over top of what Paul is actually saying. You see, I've seen way too many decorative plaques, way too many coffee mugs, and way too many pagan sermons I've heard that highlight 1 Corinthians 13. Again, I've heard way too much gushy talk and emotive sentiments about 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that I'm fairly convinced that the majority of the people really don't know what true love is. The kind of love that Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 13. We hear it, but we don't. We hear it and we get these gushy emotive feelings while also hearing it at the same time, but not really hearing what Paul is saying. Instead of reading 1 Corinthians 13, again, let me restate it. Let me restate it in a different way, to paraphrase, if you will. Paul is saying to the Christians in Corinth, he says to them that true love is this, that true love it does not act the way that we might think. Love, it does its works of kindness secretly and hides them from others. Love does not do its acts of charity to be seen and known by others as if it wants credit or recognition. Love is not boastful or arrogant, does not seek to gain, but seeks to give, does not insist on its own way, nor is it irritable or resentful. 
This true love does not make a lot of noise by celebrating the evils of others. Love rejoices in the truth. It does not hold on to its works, but does everything for a neighbor. Yes, to deliver, to serve. To sum this up, this kind of love that we hear about, that Paul talks about, is unconditional. It seeks the well-being not of yourself, but of another person. Without expecting anything in return, often when it is difficult and uncomfortable, this kind of love that we hear about puts the needs of others above ourselves, even at the expense of pain and suffering. Perhaps why the love of 1 Corinthians 13 is so very different from our society, from our society's view of love, is that it has to do with how we focus on the self. That is to say, now listen very carefully, that is to say, society sees love in other people fulfilling the self. Other people fulfilling the self. Whereas the love of the Bible that we heard about in 1 Corinthians sees the sacrifice, the sacrifice of the self for others. One more time. Society sees love in other people, other people fulfilling the self. Whereas the love that we hear about in 1 Corinthians is the sacrifice of the self for others. Think about this a little bit more. Compare the role of suffering in society and the Bible itself. In society, suffering is often seen as a sign of pain and discomfort. It's a sign that something's wrong. Again, if a relationship is causing you pain or discomfort, it is supposedly a sign that there's no love there. It is not worth pursuing. In contrast, biblical love is the emptying, the self-sacrifice of oneself for another. Love is dying to self. Yes, dying to self so that you can live for another person. Biblical love is not just an emotive feelings, but it involves, it indeed involves putting the needs of others before your own, even if it means your very own death. But let's just be honest right now. Who can love like this? With our love, we are not always patient and kind. We sometimes envy and we boast. We can be arrogant and rude. We often insist on our own way and are quick to become irritable and resentful. We do not always bear all things, believe all things, and hope all things or endure all things. Frankly, if we read 1 Corinthians 13 and find ourselves gushing with affectionate feelings and inspired to romantic love, well, we are insane. We are not listening. We're not hearing. When the world reads 1 Corinthians 13 as a sentimental, warm, emotional description of self-centered love, the world does not need a loving hug or a high five, but a punch in the gut and a slap in the face to wake up, to sober up. We need to wake up and understand. We need to wake up and understand that there's only one who loves in the way that Paul describes, and that is not us. This last week, several of us were talking about the epistle lesson, visiting about it. One of the people said to me, Pastor, replace the word love with your very own name and read it out loud to see how uncomfortable it feels. Consider this, but replace your name instead of mine. Matt is patient and kind. Matt does not envy or boast. Matt is not arrogant or rude. 
Matt does not insist on his own ways. Matt is not irritable or resentful. Matt does not rejoice at wrongdoings, but rejoices in the truth. Matt bears all things. Matt believes all things. Matt hopes all things. Matt endures all things. Matt never ends. God, have mercy. God, have mercy on me. I cringe reading that. God, forgive us sinners. To the point... When we read 1 Corinthians 13 with ears wide open, there are only two conclusions that we can have. Number one, the love that Paul talks about is phenomenal. It is wonderful. It is good. It is true. It is beautiful. And number two, you and I do not have the capacity to love this way. Indeed, we do not have the capacity to love this way. But Jesus does. But your Jesus does. Baptized saints, take a moment and reconsider 1 Corinthians by replacing the word love, not with your name, but with the name of Jesus. And listen to this. Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus does not envy or boast. Jesus is not arrogant or rude. Jesus does not insist on his own ways. Jesus is not irritable or resentful. Jesus does not rejoice at wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. Jesus, he bears all things. He believes all things. He hopes all things. He endures all things. Jesus never ends. Ah, now that sounds good. That sounds good and right and true and beautiful. The reason why? Christ is the ultimate embodiment of this love. And unlike the societal view of love, this love of Christ is not for himself. It's for you and for me. The love of Christ is not self-serving, but it is sacrificial. It is a suffering and serving kind of love. Listen one more time, understanding this whole context. Jesus is patient and kind to you. Jesus does not envy or boast. Jesus is not arrogant or rude to you. Jesus does not insist on his own way. Jesus is not irritable or resentful against you. Jesus does not rejoice at your wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth that is for you to hear. Jesus bears all things for you. Jesus believes all things for you. He hopes all things for you. He endures all things for you. Jesus never ends for you. Baptized saints, your Jesus loved you, not for his own sake, on the basis of what you and I could give him. We must note that the only thing that we can give Jesus is our sin. And he gladly takes that. Furthermore, the love of God was not just a mere affection and emotion, but the love of our God is displayed right there on that gory cross where the Son of God suffered and bled for you and me. He loved you that much. The love of God towards mankind is sacrificial. It goes the way of suffering and bleeding on our behalf for our forgiveness for our resurrection. And so not only are you and I recipients of God's love, but you and I have love. Get that, you have love this morning. For you have Christ. Yes, you have Christ and Christ has you. This means that the love of 1 Corinthians is not something that you and I must go on a great pursuit to try and achieve and acquire and obtain, but love that love of 1 Corinthians 13 is something that you must continually receive and bask in as a sheer gift. As a sheer gift. 
And finally, never forget that you and I really cannot love rightly until we have first been loved by God in Christ. But in that sacrificial, unconditional love of Christ, we must always keep in mind that the Holy Spirit, he produces in you and me joy and peace and patience and kindness and love is a sheer gift, as a fruit. He produces holy impulses in you and me so that we may begin to love with our human limitations in this sinful, broken world. And so today, Lord, create in us a clean heart and renew and renew a right spirit within us to not only receive this perfect love, but to love others sacrificially as you have loved us. You are loved, baptized saints. You are loved in Christ. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.